And Happy New Year to you, Andy Lindis. Good morning. Hey, good morning to you, Denny. How are you? I'm doing quite well. I'm looking at the forecast, and I'm always looking out for you and your cruise, of course. <laughs> and uh, it looks like uh, pretty moderating temperatures, so to speak. I mean, here it is first week in uh, January, but I think the cruise would be in pretty good shape. I think so. Yeah, we're uh, we're looking forward to another mild week. You know, it got down in the single digits there, which is, uh, and we had some snow, but I think that's enough for, for the winter. If we can just, no more snow and this uh, nice uh, highs in the mid-30s, we can we can deal with that for a long time. It's, it's uh, as long as we don't get another one of those polar vortexes. That's, <laughs> I don't think we've had a winter week like that where we shut down like we we, we couldn't do anything there no. was almost even working inside a house just just driving was was dangerous if, if you recall so this is uh yeah we'll take this this is perfect yes much better than a polar vortex uh, if you have any kind of a home improvement question uh, you want to talk to this guy andy lindis from lindis construction phone number text number is the same 651-989-9226 uh, if you want to call in uh, or t- send a text to Andy, 651-989-9226. Uh, you know what? Let's get it right off the bat. Uh, we, we'll we try to get as many callers and texters as we possibly can uh, during this hour. Uh, I think Bob in Plymouth is first up here. Bob, uh, thanks for calling. What's your question for Andy? Yes, I actually have two questions. Okay. One is, I live in Plymouth. I have a ground-level deck in, uh, attached to my house, and under that deck we put three ten. Uh, three 10-inch footings under that deck. Now, I'm thinking about taking the deck off and putting a three- or four-season porch. The deck is 12 by 20. Uh, do you think those uh, footings would be adequate? Mm, probably not. Um, all depends on, on no, I'm, I'm guessing I'm guessing not. It's pretty rare, Denny, when we redo a deck that we're reusing the footings, unless we're going to continue. You know, if sometimes it's framed up pretty well, and we're just going to continue to use the existing framing. But sure, um, I'm I'm assuming if we're going to be building, if you're going to be building a three season porch and just a, a ten inch footing, is probably not going to be enough. But there's codes and regulations in place for that. So if you go down to your local building official and and show them your plans and what you're planning on doing, he'll probably tell you what you can and can can do in your area. Okay, and then also. Um... I just put an egress window in the basement, uh, assuming I would use it for maybe a bedroom or some kind of living space, and there is no bathroom down there. What is your opinion regarding the macerating toilet system versus the digging up the floor? Uh, you know, I've uh, we've had a couple of customers use that type of system and have good luck with it. It, it definitely is a cost savings when you're adding a restroom in the base in the basement so you don't have to you know, like you said dig up the jack on the floor do a lot of plumbing so denny what that is essentially it's going to pump the waste up and away from the house instead of going in and then getting into the sewer system that way instead of having to go down through the floor hmm. you see that often not very but in certain you know you see it like in a lot of cabins and, and things like that where people are trying to save doing cost saving measures or they just don't want to get as invasive of a remodel project done. But, uh, we have used them. I do know customers that have tried them and, um, they've had okay luck with them. All right. 
Thank you for the call. That leaves the line open at 651-989-9226 or send uh, send the text if that is easier for you. I think Betty is calling in this morning from uh, Minneapolis. Betty, good morning. You're on CCO with uh, Andy Lindis. Hello. Say, I have icicles in my outside, lots of them, and okay. I know it's not your brand. I have gutter helmets, not the other. And is mm, that bummer? I didn't. I, yeah, okay. <laughs> that bummer. And, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, I know. I agree. Anyway, what can I do? Well, um, a couple things you can do. Uh, leaf protection systems. For the most part, if you have ice forming on your roof, you're going to get icicles coming down. It's not necessarily a bad thing outside of what the icicles cause on the ground, which is typically ice that you can slip on. But when you think about the alternative where an open style gutter is going to grab that ice and build it up on your roof and can cause a lot of damage. When given those two choices, I'd almost rather have the icicles coming down. The good news is typically when we come out and inspect your insulation, and take a look at what's going on with your house, how it works, how it breathes, any attic air sealing that needs to happen, we can usually stop those heat loss. If you're getting the ice closed right now, we don't have a lot of the freeze-thaw cycle going on. And so typically it's due to heat loss in your house. So if you can stop that heat loss, you're going to get less icicles. Having said that, Denny, on on, on my house, and for, for people that haven't heard this story before, I live in an old four-square, early 1900s farm home. And the mudroom, the front porch, is was a lean-to type type structure where there's only about 12 inches where it connects to the house and down to, uh, I think, it's 10 inches. Or it goes from 14 to 10 inches, maybe, the, the width there. So I can't put a lot of insulation. So in that porch area, I lose a lot of heat. Now I'm going to be redoing my roof this year, and I'm going to put down three inches of foam and hopefully get away from that. But in my leaf guard gutter system, what I did is I ran a lot of heat. Now I'm going to be redoing my roof this year and I'm going to put down three inches of foam and hopefully get away from that. But in my leaf guard gutter system, what I did is I ran a piece of heat tape along the back edge of the flashing. That's where your drip edge is or your roof edge is. And then I went into the gutter and then one line in the gutter and out the downspout. So basically you got a line of heat tape along the hood of the gutter and then one down, down the gutter, out the downspout, plug it in. And I never have icicles ever on that section of my house, even though there is no snow on that roof because of the amount of heat loss that is happening in that area. And Denny, I, I, that mudroom, we only keep like at 55 degrees with little electric heaters just because I know I just the, how much heat loss we're having there. It's so inefficient. And then I know better than this. I look at it every year and say I'm going to fix it this summer. But it just uh, it's one of those things. It's my goal in 2021. That That, that roof's getting done. For sure. <laughs> you know, I've never asked you this about your home that, uh, that that's been around for how many years? Hundred years? Yeah, I think it was uh, the early. It was in the teens that it was built. I, I told you the original abstract that I have for um, this home actually talks about the wagon trail that went between me and the neighbor's property back in the day. It points out mm. uh, an easement for a wagon trail. I thought that was kind of neat. How about that? What kind of insulation is in the walls? Have you done changed that over the years? Uh, yeah, when I redid the main floor um, about five years ago, and we gutted out that that entire area, and I spray foamed 
um, the main level. And then I have an R60 of cellulose blown into the attic. But again, it's into that old four-square townhome. So I got knee walls upstairs. And it's just so some of those cavities are completely filled. It's just hmm. the design of the home. There's only so many things you can do. I think I've done it the best I can in the upstairs. Now I just need to move on to that one mud room and, and be done with it. <laughs> Your project for 2021. All right. Uh, yes, we need to... How about you? You got any projects in 2021, Denny? I'm still working on my old snow thrower. <laughs> I'm, I'm determined to keep it running, <laughs> and uh, so far so good. But uh, that's that's for for another uh, another show. I uh, tell you what, let's take a quick break here. Let's invite our listeners to join in on the conversation. Any kind of a home improvement question you may have, you could send it in via text or call Andy. Uh, same number six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. We'll take this break. Be right back with more home improvement talk on News Talk 830 WCCO. And good morning. Welcome back to our Home Improvement Show presented every Saturday in the 9 o'clock hour here on CCO by our friends at Lindus Construction. I haven't spelled it yet. L-I-N-D-U-S. You want to get in touch with them? Uh, 1-800-LEAF-CARD. That's the easiest number to remember. one 800 Leaf Guard. Andy Lindis helping us out today by phone and by text. And uh, tell you what, let's uh, let's go back to the phones, Andy. I think John calling in from Lake Elmo first up here. John, what's your question for Andy? Well, Happy New Year to you guys. Um, quick question for you, Andy. Would you kind of walk through and explain the difference between a fiberglass shingle and an asphalt shingle, and what's the advantage and disadvantage of those? Well, um... I'm not sure exactly what you mean because most of the asphalt shingles start with a fiberglass matting. Um, there's there's other types of materials that don't use the asphalt. Some of your impact resistant materials and uh, there's a, there's a type of shingle that's more of a rubberized type of material that 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 you use. But the way asphalt shingles are made, um, it starts with a fiberglass mat. And the asphalt goes on the fiberglass mat, and then they put the granules over the top of that, and then the glue, and, you know, there's a bunch of layers in an actual shingle, but it, it starts with a blank fiberglass mat. And both GAF and Owens Corning are, are using that, that same type technology, Atlas. Uh, Malarkey has a little bit different technology, and they all have a line of shingles that has more of a rubberized um it's in their impact resistance. Like a GAF's uh, Armor Shield shingle uh, is going to be manufactured a little bit different than some of their other ones. But that's what gives you the class four rating for hail. Hmm. All right, John. As long as we're still uh, around Lake Elmo, Jim is calling in from that same area. Jim, thanks for waiting. What is your question for Andy? Well, I put a purchase offer on a house built in 55 and east side of St. Paul. has two bathrooms. None of them have fans. Um, you know, the ceiling fans in them. And I'm wondering, what does it take to put a ceiling fan in those bathrooms? I imagine they have to be vented or something. Yep. Um, well, uh, the average cost for us to install a bath fan uh, is between 1000 and $2,500, depending on the, the, the how, where we're going to have to vent it to and, and how long it's going to take us, typically. So... Uh, so you're looking at about $4,000 to maybe put in two bath fans. The, the Panasonic Whisper fan is the one that we normally use. But, yeah, you – so, Denny, we had that call last week. Um, that fan 
was oh, yeah. uh, that when we got there and did the installation, the fan right. was just dumping in the attic, you know, and, and was, was going into the soffit area. So we hooked the fan back up. What our guy should have done is realized that the fan was the wrong type of fan for that area and and stopped and told them that at that time. But I think uh, next week or the week after, going back out to put a new Panasonic Whisper fan in there, so it should take care of of the problems. But if we see an, a problem with bath fans, typically it's because they're getting vented into places they shouldn't, the attic, or people just drop them into the soffit, seeing that the soffit's vented. So, you know, you got to remember, you're taking all this warm air and you're putting in the soffit thinking it's going to go down. Well, no, it's going to go in that soffit. It's going to push the cold air out there. And and now all of a sudden, and remember, your soffit is your intake. You're not supposed to be pull, putting air out. It's not designed to pull air out of the house. It's designed to pull air in. So we, we run into a lot of moisture issues, mold issues, rot issues when people have uh, those types of uh, bath fans installed. And usually it's because it's, you know, it's the weekend warrior and it seemed like a good idea at the time. And 10 years later, it caused a lot of problems. Yeah, true. We've said it before in the, your in reference to that uh, Panasonic bath fan. They are extremely quiet, but are they? Very. Do they do the job too? Do they pull that air out of there? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, well, I've I've told the story before where the first time I installed one in my home, it was about a month and a half later. I put it on a timer switch because we were never turning it off, and it was affecting the heat in the house. It was mm. you know if it, <laughs> that fan is left on for an extended extended period of time. Now you're pulling all the air out there. So what, you, what people have to remember is when you're pushing air out of your house, it's going to want to pull air in your house. So the, the pressure of your house can change when you put on all these bath fans, and that can lead to other issues. So all of a sudden you're, you're pulling in air from the outside, cold air, getting warm surfaces. So you really have to look at the house as a whole when you're, when you're talking about bath fans, insulation, or any type of ventilation. You have to look at how this house works to make sure that you know, you're, you're not causing more problems than you're fixing. And we always like to, to ask you as far as uh, what, what work can Lindas do this time of year? We've got snow on the roof, snow outside. And uh, can you do check people's attics uh, for, for insulation? Oh, yeah. I mean, is that still going on? This time of year is the perfect time to do the heat map analysis. Our infrared imaging, being that the temperature is so different from the outside of the house to the inside of the house, it really does highlight the house's problems. So it helps us design the roadmap to make this home the more the most comfortable it possibly can be. And it's it's never easier than it is in the wintertime for us to diagnose anything that's going on with the house because air leaks are highlighted. The pressure is, is where it needs to be. We sometimes we get in the attics. We were in an attic last week and, and my sales guy went up there and immediately took a picture and, and sent us all the whole thing was frosted over Denny. Mm. Again, uh kitchen kitchen fan that was emptying into the attic causing that issue so uh which was an actual really really cheap fix and if it wouldn't have been addressed you're, you're talking probably talking thousands of dollars worth of damage you could cause over time thank goodness it was done uh, andy the texter says uh, hi andy i'm dealing with impermeable surface area while designing my new home are you familiar with permeable concrete used for driveways any thoughts? I'm not sure what that is. Um, yeah, uh, I have not used it myself. I've seen it. I've heard good things. If if drainage is an issue, so um, you got impervious concrete or pervious concrete, 
basically the whole surface drains water, absorbs water. So you're not like typically when you install a concrete surface, you're going to be pushing the water off of that area. The concrete's not going to absorb any water. You're going to seal it. And then like on my driveway, we had to make some drainage and then I ended up with a dry river in one area. So the water would go off it. I don't have very good drainage underneath it. So if if you are, are installing this concrete, typically the whole driveway is going to absorb water. It will never pool water. I'm not so sure about our area of the world, how it does in the wintertime. I'm not as familiar with that. But just like anything, when it, when it comes to concrete, I would go to Simstone. I'd ask the right questions. And if they know of somebody that installs in that area that had good luck, they're going to tell you who to talk to. And that will get you at least down the, down the right path. Well, that's a good idea. Get get a hold of those Semstone folks. Uh, here's a here's a question you can relate to because you've had uh, not only uh, dogs at your house but kids that play hockey. What is the best overall pet-proof flooring to install for cats and dogs? Well, uh, there there is no real bullet-proof flooring flooring. For for that reason, and this is why I always choose a natural hardwood or a hardwood that you can refinish, like a like a bamboo. If you can refinish a bamboo, that's a flooring that's going to last you. I know it's going to be a little bit more expensive uh, on the front end. Hardwood is when when you're putting it in, but I can tell you this: um, I have a customer in the Medina area, gorgeous hardwood floors, Denny, absolutely gorgeous, and and you're talking, I don't know. 4,500 square feet versus uh, of hardwood floors. It was it was wow. right around twenty thousand dollars to have a company come in and refinish. You know, over four thousand feet of hardwood floors, but they look brand new. And he can do that a couple of more times. Where you're talking probably a hundred thousand dollars in flooring, hundred and fifty thousand dollars in actual flooring in this home. So when you think about that, that the fact that you can refinish it over time. Now, and picking the right flooring that's going to hold up with dogs and cats. I, I have bamboo flooring five years now, and I'm not talking about refinishing it anytime soon. I have a Great Dane and two labs that run up and down that, <laughs> that the runway along the kitchen there. And they really, it looks almost like the day it was installed. In my basement, I on my cement, I did epoxy flooring down there, and we shot hockey pucks, and, and that looks like the day it was installed as well. But for me, it's it's about longevity and having the ability to refinish the floor is important to me. There's some really good composite materials on the cheap that you can get that are pretty durable as well, hmm. and, and have some good warranties. But but I'm a I'm a hardwood guy. Denny always have. You like that bamboo? Uh, I do. Tell you what, let's take a break. Remind our listeners we have another half hour or so of the show to go. If you have any kind of a home improvement question, we're going to grab some text messages when we come back, too. But uh, there's a line open if you want to chat with Andy, 651-989-9226. Again, same number if you want to send your home improvement question via text. Chat with Andy, 651-989-9226. Again, same number if you want to send your home improvement question via text. 651-989-9226. 651-989-9226. Back with more. We'll have a look at the weather, too, straight ahead here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Home Improvement Show presented by our friends at Lindus Construction, L-I-N-D-U-S, lindusconstruction.com, uh, or call them 1-800-LEAFGUARD, Andy Lindus 
is helping us out as usual uh, today. Uh, we have callers, uh, Andy. We have texters as well. So let's uh, put you back to work. I think Sandy is calling in from Plymouth this morning with a question. Thank you for waiting, Sandy. What's your question? Hi. Um, we have a really weird situation that happens each winter. Um, the big door of the garage, is when you look in the flooring to the left of it, we get pooling of water there. And we have no idea where it comes from. And it's not from the cars melting the snow from them. It just, all of a sudden, there'll be some pooling. And it's not that it's unlevel. And we have um, the uh, epoxy on the flooring in there. Mm-hmm. So we just have, it's a mystery. And it just, mm. all winter long, it continues. We swish it out, we clear it out, and it, it's, we open the door a little while later, and it's back again. <laughs> it's really strange. That is strange. Um, is it coming from the wall at all? Oh, we're not sure. There is sheetrock on the walls, and in that section toward the floor, it is the uh, looks like there's some moisture that's on that sheetrock. But if you mm-hmm. to touch it right now, it's not wet, and okay. you don't, you know. And when they did that flooring, they brought it up about maybe two inches up along the edge of the you know, base of the wall mm-hmm. all along that. It's just so, so strange. Hmm. That, 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 that is strange. And, and it's usually you can trace where the water's coming from pretty mm-hmm. easily when, when we get some of our, and we have some diagnostic equipment that we can use and look inside your walls and, 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 and maybe, Maybe be able to figure this out, but if you want, you can send me a picture of the area. It could be coming from outside the garage. You've noticed any pooling of water outside the garage door at all? No, no, there's nothing out there. Yeah, it's just bizarre. Outside just looks like normal across the whole front of the big door. Any snow that falls, it's all just normal on that side like it is on the other side and all the way across. And the epoxy hasn't peeled up at all in that area? No, no, never has. Hmm. So it would... It's just we're not talking about hydrostatic water coming through. Is the epoxy wouldn't last through that. It would it would come off the concrete. So right. my guess is it is coming out of the wall system somewhere. So it could be leaking on the roof that's even causing this, or gutter into a soffit or a valley area or a window trim. Um, there's this 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 actually could be problematic and 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 if not addressed, might might be causing more damage than than you can see inside the wall. So I would be glad to come out and take a look at it and let you know what we find and use our equipment to f- figure that out. If you want, andy at lindisco.com is my email address. You can take a picture of it, send it to me. I'll pass it around the office, see if we can uh, come up with some solutions via the picture and go from there. Yeah. All right. Or call uh, call call Lindis, uh, Sandy, 1-800-LEAFGUARD if you can't uh, do the picture thing. Texter. Uh, says this, and then we'll get back to the phones. We're thinking of doing our small bathroom. Do you give, does Linda's, free bids? Thank you. Yes, you do. Yes, we do. And we have interior designers that we can get involved uh, if we need to. And there's Bathrooms are fun to remodel. There's so many different options nowadays. And, you know, we are going through the, the 2021 trends for uh, the upcoming year, Denny, and believe it or not, wallpaper seems to be making a comeback. I don't 
think anybody that's ever taken wallpaper off a wall <laughs> are the people that are going to be making it come back. But apparently yeah. now there's the the peel and stick that comes right off, you know, without taking the paper of the the drywall. But they all say that. Do you remember if you size your wallpaper right? It was guaranteed almost not to take the paper of the wall, the the the, the sheetrock off. But you know as well as I do, Danny. I don't care how much you sized wallpaper back in the day. When you went to remove it, you're you're taking some of the sheetrock with it. And good luck if somebody decided to paint over the <laughs> over the paper. <laughs> That's a whole other issue we won't get into. Exactly. Uh, let's do this. Yes, uh, to that uh, texter, if uh, you want a free bid, uh, uh, call Lindis at one eight hundred Leafcard. Easy number to remember. Yeah. Um, Jim, I think, is calling in from St. Francis this morning. Jim, uh, good morning. You are on with Andy Lindis. Hey, good morning, guys. Yes, I have a problem that's occurred almost every uh, late fall and early winter. It's an interior wall between our master bedroom and our, our living room. We have a, a fireplace that uh, is facing the, the living room, so there's a there's a flue chimney going straight up to the, to the out, out the roof. And almost every fall we've had a critter. I'm going to call it a critter, but but I I can definitely identify at least one of them as being a mouse. It uh, and I'm thinking it sounds like a bird most of the time. It could have this particular winter. It could have been uh, both of those critters. It uh, winds up dying in that interior wall uh, between the studs, and I can't figure out. For sure, how it could those critters could get in there? I mean, it's uh, I know they can because they're there. I'm thinking that somehow it's coming down the flue and getting into mm. the fireplace area, and then I would doubt that. But maybe remember, like a what's a mouse need, Denny? The size of a number two pencil opening, yeah. the eraser of a number two pencil. And a mouse can squeeze his body through that area. Um, okay. That's why it's it's almost impossible. I yeah. say it's impossible, but it's almost impossible to try to mo like to, to mouse proof your house to yeah. like seal yeah. it up enough where a mouse can't get in. That's why. For I live out in the country, so we, we have we've had similar issues with critters. And yeah. in the winter time, what I do is take uh, peppermint essential oil and uh-huh. put it on a couple of drops on rags. I throw it up in the attic. The critters okay. can't stand that smell for whatever reason, and it's just too strong for them. So it really made a big difference of of them. I, I had a whole family of red squirrels and one trying to trying to hide acorns, and like they chewed through metal to get in there. And since I started doing that every fall, I haven't had an issue. And I put it in my boat. I put it in my lawnmower. And a couple of years ago, it cost me nine hundred dollars to get my lawnmower rewired. Because the mice built, uh, had it in a garage, and they they thought that was a good place to put a home, and they 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 just ate through all the wiring, and I started it up, and it it went about ten feet and died. Nine hundred dollars to get it fixed again. You know how many times uh-huh. you can pay somebody to mow your lawn for nine hundred dollars, Denny? <laughs> it's true, and they can do all sorts of damage to automobiles as well. We've talked about that on our uh, car yeah. show. I mean, it's uh, thousands of dollars worth of damage. Mm-hmm. But I do know uh, that uh, some professional pest control places will uh, come around your house and fill uh, certain holes, cavities, small, tiny holes with uh, like uh, copper uh, mesh 
and silicone, yep. things like that. They can do it, and because those critters can get, like you said, they can they can squeeze through a tiny tiny area. They climb, they jump, and uh, <clears throat> it's very frustrating. But if you uh, <clears throat> wanted to, is to call a professional pest control, and that that yes. that will help too. All right, absolutely, it will. Let's see. We have a bunch of text messages I want to get to as well. Uh, here's one. It says, uh, what is the major obstacle to turning a deck into a living space? That comes from Mark from Alexandria. Major obstacle to turning a deck into a living space. Well, the uh, first thing you got to determine is uh, the footings. Like we talked about earlier in the show, those footings might not be able to support the extra weight of insulation, trusses, walls, windows, doors, things of that nature. So you're adding a lot more weight. How are you going to tie it into the house? And then how you're going to condition that room. Is it going to be a three-season porch? Or are you going to make it a heated, livable space all year round? I always tell people, at least price out, making it part of your home. Because I go to a lot of places where people want to convert their three-season porch into a four-season porch. Marketably less expensive to do it when you're first doing the remodel. Three-season porches, people love those rooms so much that they, the four months of the year, they don't get to use it. They feel gypped. So they want to be able to use that, that room the entire year. So to, to look at adding some floor heat and making sure it's insulated right and have good windows in that area. When, when, when you do it the right way, making it a four season versus a three season when you're first building it really isn't that much more expensive. Okay. Here's another one kind of related. It says, can you put a finished room under a second story deck? That is nine to ten feet off the ground. If so, what are the ceiling and roof options? Yes, you can put a finished room. There's a variety of options to put underneath the decking. What you have to remember is it's it's water management. So there's going to be some maintenance with those systems. And uh, we've tried a half a dozen or so different systems throughout the years. And we, we end up installing a couple of those systems every year, but we always make it very, very clear with people when we install them that they are not maintenance free and they are going to leak at some point. You know, when, when you think of, of the deck area, those boards, stuff gets in there. And when, when it rains, rain brings dirt with it. So eventually those channels where the water gets out of those underdecking systems get clogged. And when they get clogged, water starts to pool. When water pools, that's when it leaks. And so you're going to have to maintain that roof system a couple of times a year and flush it out. But the ones that do it right, you know, it's not not a perfect space underneath the deck, but you can definitely have a nice living space that uh, for like a hot tub area or a sauna area or um, there was a workout room underneath the deck area I saw get built that was that was pretty nice but it's not going to be a perfect livable space right. unless you're going to put a roof over the top of the deck up top. There you go, Andy. Let's uh, take a quick break here. You have uh, more show to come. If you have any kind of a home improvement question, we'll grab some more text messages as well. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. If you want to text or call in your home improvement question for Andy Lindis. 12 degrees in the Twin Cities for News Talk 830 WCCO. And welcome back to our home improvement show here on WCCO. Danny, along with Andy Lindis from Lindis Construction, fielding your home improvement type of questions. Uh, both by phone and by uh, text. 
And Andy, still have a bunch of text messages. Let's see if we can't field. Uh, Texter, we, we get this, I think, every week. You talked about a dehumidifier that you've been very happy with. I will be using it in a gun storage room, so want to maintain 40 to 50% humidity. What is the name of that product? Santa Fe. Santa Fe. System that, yep. They make a couple of different uh, sizes. Uh, if you look, you can order it right online. The other one that we use is uh, Sanidry. So they're both really good high-end dehumidification systems that, that you can install in your house. Like I said, my, this, the one Santa Fe system, oh, I have, it's got to be 15 years old, Denny, and I just clean the filter a couple of times a year. Other than that, it keeps my humidity right where it needs to be year-round. Are they expensive? Uh, I think it was, you know, between 1500 and $2,000. Okay. Well, if somebody what, what, has... For your house, what doesn't cost two grand nowadays, it seems <laughs> That's like, right? That's true. Absolutely. Boy, oh, boy. All right. Uh, mentioned uh, this is in reference to a comment you made earlier. Uh, could you please, Texas says, give more information about the heat tape you spoke of to avoid ice on gutters, uh, the brand, uh, and, and repeat where you would install the, on the gutters, and does Lindis install it? Texter says, we had leaf guard gutters put on our daughter's house recently, and ice is building up in certain areas uh, four to five inches high. She does not have an attic and very small overhang, so not the greatest insulation mm-hmm. and airflow. Thank you. Yeah, um, uh, that's a very difficult uh, situation, and we have installed it in the past. Um, but what, what I would do is run a heat tape along the back edge of the gutter, and then one in the gutter, and then out the downspout in those areas. Now, um, with no attic space, again, you're probably talking about a, a hot roof scenario, so which is a cavity completely filled with insulation, no no real ventilation. And in our area of the world, those are really hard to stop heat loss on without some type of spray foam. Um, so in four inches of ice building up, I'd like to know if it's going back up in the roof, there might be some other things that we can do to to stop that from happening. So she has her email address. Uh, take some pictures of the area. Um, tell them I, I, I sent you. I'll take a look at it. We'll see if we can come up with a plan to try to mitigate uh, any ice that's happening on the roof. Okay, very good. Uh, this text says this. Uh, this summer, I had water in my basement after a significant rain. Outside water collects against the house on the same wall where water seeps through the wall and onto the basement floor. How do I start a project to get water away from the house? Uh, some engineer, web research? I think I know what you're going to say. Well, um, a proper guttering system can help. So that's uh, one of the things when we come out to somebody's house and, and we're looking at their guttering system or we're looking at adding a leaf guard system, we're going to talk about where the water is going to go. And we have a variety of underground systems that we can drain in. And that what our goal is to make sure that once we get the water away from the roof, when, when it starts to drain in the yard, it needs to go away from the house, not back at the house. So every now and then we have to get landscapers involved and, and change the grade of of the actual lawn so water is going away from their house but a lot of times it's the underground pop-up system so we can go 30 40 50 feet underground and have that water come up to the top of the ground there and then drain away from the house okay could andy please elaborate on using spray foam insulation applied in a sunroom in winter um 
I don't know. We weren't really talking about applying it in the winter. We were talking about applying it so you can enjoy that room in the winter. Um, a lot of times, like a three-season porch, the flooring area is an area that we're going to end up spray foaming in order to turn it into a four-season porch. If we're going to be taking off the roof, depending on how much space is in the actual roof cavity there, typically a lot of these three-season porches have the cathedral ceiling or vaulted ceilings, any, so you don't have a lot of space in that uh, area, and they weren't insulated because it wasn't going to be a conditioned room. So we either have to look at what can we do for ventilating or are we going to have to turn this into a hot roof. And then once you do that, you got to make sure where it ties into the house, you have the proper sidewall flashing there so it doesn't leak. And then you can talk about what you're going to put in the walls. Again, a lot of these three-season porches were done with two-by-four construction. So a spray foam gets you to the right R value. You know, The goal on an exterior wall is to at least get into like the R21 area. When you can do that, then then you're really making it the most most comfortable that room could possibly be. Does Is Lindis uh, getting a lot of requests uh, this time of year for people wanting to build porches? Is that a big deal? Yeah, you know, the last couple of years, uh, decks, porches, three-season porches, outdoor kitchens, uh, extra living space. They've wanted to use their existing footprint and add more living space, or what can we do to add more living spaces? The question we get asked daily you know, for as much time that we spent in our homes, especially in 2020, that's it seems to be on a lot of people's minds. And our design build to build, build people, the people that do those estimates, they're they're busy for a reason. One, my my people are really good at what they do. Two, the type of year we had, it's just it's it's, it's natural, I think, Danny. When 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 you're in your house as long as we are, we're we're looking for more space. And a three season <laughs> porch is a really I don't say inexpensive. Anytime you do an addition on your house, it's going to be expensive. But as far as additions go, this is one of the more affordable ones you can actually do. And it doesn't have to be a giant room to add a lot more, you know, comfort to your home. You 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 have a, a four-season porch. I know you and your wife use that on a pretty regular basis, correct? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yes. And, and, and like you said, especially given the last eight, ten months that we've been facing, it's like you you want to spread out. You want to... You want to get more space. Uh, so, yeah, and, and you know, the nice part about a lot of those four-season porches or three-season porches is they can close off to the rest of the house. So not only do people want their own space, sometimes you need your own quiet space. So imagine three three different people working at home or doing school from home. Not a lot of space to, to get that. Now it's like adding a, a whole extra room onto your house so you can close off from the rest of your home and, and turn it really easy to turn into a home office. Boy, for sure. Uh, we're getting a lot of uh, text messages about uh, Andy Lindis, the pest control guy. <laughs> Wanting to know what was the oil that repels mice, and uh, what else? Uh, the, uh, what do you keep uh, rodents away? Now, you, what is that oil you you talk about? Well, I just uh, steal some uh, the peppermint essential oil from my wife. And I put it on old T-shirts or rags, and I throw it up in the attic. I've also used a product uh, called Mouse Magic that mm-hmm. I think you can get at most hardware stores. Um, that it's it's they're like little peppermint pillows, and you just throw them up in your attic. Uh, people have used dryer sheets before, but I haven't had as good luck with dryer sheets as I had with the peppermint smell for whatever reason. And and I'm pretty liberal with how much of that essential oil I put on a rag. You know, a little bit goes a long ways, apparently, with essential oil. I'm no expert, but uh, I make those. They're, they're pretty – there's more than a couple of drops on each rag, put it that way. Yeah, and you're right. Uh, we've used uh, some mouse magic 
uh, outside in the in the sheds and things like that. And people have told me they've had success when they still uh, uh, store uh, cars or tractors or RVs, mm-hmm. things like that. Yep. It, it has worked out. Well, I tell you what, we're just about out of time. Uh, should we do this again next week? What do you say? Absolutely, Denny. Thank you. Yeah. And if uh, if anybody wants uh, to get in touch, give us a couple of ways that we can get get in touch with you guys at Linda's Construction. Uh, the easiest phone number to remember always is 1-800-LEAF-GUARD. You can look us up on the web at lindisconstruction.com. You can also find us on House, Pinterest, Twitter, Facebook, uh, any of the social medias. We're even on TikTok now, Denny, believe it or not. Are you really? <laughs> You're uh-huh. everywhere. We've uh, we got a couple of good videos on there. If you like to see guys roofing, check out our TikTok page. Yeah, you got a lot of great info, too. All right, Andy, thanks so much for the help. We'll talk again next Saturday, okay? Thanks a lot. Happy New Year to you and all the folks at Linda's Construction. Uh, We're going to be in the midst of, uh, at least for maybe a few more minutes, a dense fog advisory. Uh, Right now in the Twin Cities, the winds are calm, uh, but our current Twin City temperature, with some fog and mist still reported, it's a plus 12, 12 degrees. From News Talk 830 WCCO.